Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Well, I'm excited. We have another interesting topic this morning for you guys. We do. We're going to be looking at symptoms of PMS. The cramps, the mood swings, the fatigue. For so many women who are experiencing this, it can be challenging. Yeah, debilitating. Yeah. You know, some of the uncomfortable symptoms that these women um, are experiencing don't realize that a shift in their food choices can actually reduce their symptoms. Right. Right. So good morning. I am Shelby Hummel. I'm a licensed nutritionist. I have a master's degree of science in applied clinical nutrition. And I am just so delighted to be in studio with Leah Wetzel this morning. Yeah. Good morning. So both Leah and I are licensed nutritionists. Right. We work in um, different offices, unfortunately, so we don't yeah. cross paths that often. Right. But we love to educate people on the importance of eating real food. We do. So, Leah, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, I am, like, like Shelby had said, I'm a licensed nutritionist, and my master's degree is in clinical nutrition. Um, and I also um, on, I'm on the board of nutrition and dietetics for the state, and I'm on my fifth year on the board. We appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a really <laughs> great experience, and mm-hmm. in total, I'll be on the board for eight years. You can you can uh, serve two terms, so I'm mm-hmm. on my second term on right. the board. So. so, how did you initially become interested in nutrition? Because I think your story is kind of yeah unique. Right. Yeah. So for me, you know, what brought me to discover nutritional weight and wellness uh, and want to, you know, become a, a employee 11 years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's been 11 years uh, was that I, you know, growing up um, and at an early age, you know, I had pretty poor health mm-hmm. um, and I had decided that I needed to make some changes um, in my in my life because, and you know, I was gaining weight very rapidly. You know, I I uh, was almost classified as obese, and I had uh, two major autoimmune conditions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of inflammation, and so by deciding of of knowing that I didn't know much about food, and that that area of focus, you know, maybe would help with some of these issues, yeah. I decided to start to dig into it, and I cut out major things. Cut out soda. I cut out juice. A lot of junk food. Oh, I love cereal. Lots of inflammatory things. A lot of inflammatory yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize, you know, at the time that 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 was, you know, causing all that inflammation. And the good news was I lost fifty pounds, and um, and through that journey, you know, um, you know, I was able to sustain that weight loss. You know, mm-hmm. when I came to work at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, though, I still were, I was having issues. With asthma, that was mm-hmm. one of my major autoimmune issues, and using my inhaler regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, you know, decided to, of, you know, as a further discovery, is w- working with Dar, of course, right? Our and sweet Dar. The expert, <laughs> and trying to figure that piece out, you know, and working with nutritional weight and wellness, you know, I changed my nutrition. 
and ultimately it changed my entire life. You know, Dar encouraged me to stop eating certain inflammatory foods that I, I didn't realize for me were inflammatory. Like, like what were some of those? Dairy, Leah? you know, dairy was a big, you know, dairy products mm-hmm. I still incorporated in healthy ver- versions of them. But for me, that was mm-hmm. a big inflammatory issue for my asthma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cutting out dairy, I also cut out gluten and it, cleared up my asthma completely and I was able to get off all my inhalers and medications and now that's you know that was 11 years ago mm-hmm. and I've been able to sustain that so, so you're happy healthy oh, both right. on the inside and out <laughs> yeah so all the above looking right? at how those foods affected your immune system right. to me it sounds like um you know the inflammatory soda the yes. juice the dairy products yep it, that- that was like the first layer mm-hmm. and that really helped with weight loss and other forms reduction mm-hmm. of inflammation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of the other things that you cut out or you, you just upgraded, so yes. to speak, were, you know, cereal, yep. bread, some of those gluten things. So yep. what do you eat now if you're not eating cereal for breakfast or if you're not having a slice of toast? Right. Yeah. So for me, for breakfast, I do a lot with, um, you know, whole real nutrients of, uh, I do a lot with breakfast sausages. I'm just thinking about today. So for today for breakfast, I had breakfast sausages um, and we will often have um, leftover sweet potato, mm-hmm. I'll buy like half a sweet potato and broccoli with mm-hmm. butter on it. That is a very nourishing breakfast and keeps yeah. me full, keeps me inflama- my inflammation down. Mm-hmm. So great. Great start to the day. Well, and those sorts of foods that you had mentioned, Leah, you know, the breakfast sausage, yep. the sweet potatoes with some butter, those are the types of foods that are going to help reduce that inflammation so you don't have a poorly functioning immune system. Right. I think that's that's probably been one of the most surprising things for my clients is yeah. the effect that food has on their, their immune system. Yep. But yep. we're going to take a whole nother look at how food affects hormones today exactly yeah so one of the things that um we definitely want to talk about today is how pms symptoms are related to our food choices and some of our other habits as well right so as nutritionists we are looking at you know the foods that you're eating for breakfast the foods that you're eating for lunch It may surprise you that three out of four menstruating women experience some form of PMS symptoms every month. Yes. In fact, some of my clients actually welcome menopause because they want to be free of those awful symptoms. That they've been having, you know, Mm -hmm. since teenage Mm -hmm. years. Are you seeing any teenage clients with um, severe cramping? Yeah. Heavy flow? Oh, yes. Yeah, yep. I, I feel like I've been seeing more of those yes, recently. Yes, very intense symptoms. You know, I, I feel like it's happening at earlier and earlier ages, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's a wide variety of symptoms ranging from, you know, it could be mood swings to breast tenderness to insomnia to food cravings, irritability, you know, depression, fatigue, constipation, diarrhea, all of mm-hmm. these things, mm-hmm. you know, and more could be tied to... PMF symptoms. No Mm -hmm. one person is the same, right? Everybody has their own unique set of symptoms. If Mm -hmm. we look at all of that, though, that's all inflammatory 
and under root cause, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so inflammation is always, you know, part of that. Yeah, component. building on that idea. Yep, yeah. Yeah. So what symptom or symptoms are you experiencing? Most women experience mild to moderate symptoms, while 20 to 30% of women experience moderate to severe symptoms. Then they're the, about the 8% of women whose symptoms are so severe that these symptoms interfere with their lives. Well, I unfortunately have a friend who would definitely fall into that yeah, 8%. Let's hear about that. I was I was telling you a little bit more about that before we started this morning, but mm-hmm. I was talking to this friend of mine and I just said to her, you know, I, I know you've struggled um, with your cycle. Tell me a little bit more about that. And she was just saying that the week before she's supposed to get her menstrual cycle, she experiences really severe nausea. Yeah. To the point where she doesn't really want to eat anything. Right. Which makes the the rest of the day really hard for energy. Yeah. Makes it really challenging for sleep. But then um, the first or the second day of her new cycle, she gets really intense cramping. Sure. Heavy flow. Um, I can only imagine how challenging that would be to have such intense cramping that you're getting sick. Yeah. I mean, such intense gut pain that, yep. you know, you're and just this is month after month. I'm bent guessing. over yep. in pain. Yeah. yeah. And I consider myself very lucky after Not talking yeah. to this friend. Yeah. And I have clients where, you know, monthly or bi-monthly, you know, because your periods can change from month to month. Mm-hmm. They miss work mm-hmm. or school a day or two because of some PMS symptom, whether, mm-hmm. you know, that's migraines or oh, cramping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or just extreme fatigue mm-hmm. that it really can be debilitating. Yeah. Um, and so this is something that's important for um, as a discussion and trying to come up with some ideas of what we can do to help with that. Yeah. But it's break time already. Okay. Yeah. So you were listening to Dishing Up Nutrition and we are discussing the hormonal imbalances that cause PMS symptoms. If you are experiencing a lot of PMS cramping or even any muscle cramping, we suggest taking 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate at bed. A leading cause of muscle cramping and PMS cramping is having a deficiency of magnesium. And today, three out of four people or 75% of Americans are deficient in the mineral magnesium. If you have questions for us today, please call the studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, as I was preparing for the show about PMS, I was referring to Dr. Christiane Northrup's book, The Wisdom of Menopause, and discovered that many women who are experiencing some of those serious PMS symptoms that we were talking about yeah. will no doubt have more severe menopausal symptoms. With that in mind, I want to let you listeners know about an upcoming seminar that we have. On Saturday, November 10th, we are offering our popular menopause survival seminar at our Maple Grove location. Yeah. So come hang out, bring a friend, sister. Neighbor, Dar, Joanne, and Chris will lead you through some of the symptoms and, of course, some real food solutions. Be sure to call early to reserve your seat. 
You can go to our website, weightandwellness.com, or you can call 651-699-3438 to sign up or to have any questions answered. It's a great seminar. It's just packed full of all sorts of great information and, mm-hmm. and a lot of great suggestions of how to deal with, you know, your symptoms or preventatively, you know, mm-hmm. this is something that, you know, as I'm etching towards that time of my life, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, these are things that I'm thinking about of how yeah. can I prepare myself in the best way for a good transition mm-hmm. into menopause. Transition, um, not pulling the rug out from under you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, I you know had some, you know, loved ones in my family who had mm-hmm. some pretty significant issues with that transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm thinking about that. And a lot of what we're discussing today in relation to uh, you know, hormones and PMS symptoms mm-hmm. um, can also, again, like you said, trickle over into perimenopause and menopause. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Yeah. I would say one of the biggest ones that I see a connection through the years is the insomnia. Yes. Maybe sleep starts to deteriorate deteriorate, you know, in the thirties yes. and the forties. And then it, it really whiz bam is yep. is challenging. So yep. and so for if you one of your PMN symptoms is that you have troubles with sleeping, maybe mm-hmm. around ovulation, so mid-cycle or before menses. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, dependent on your age, you know, if you're mm-hmm. in your late 30s or 40s, that's something of consideration, yeah, yeah to work definitely, on. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So before we went to break, we were talking about um, some of the more common signs and symptoms of PMS. But yeah. as a nutritionist, when I'm working with a client with PMS, I'm actually... I'm looking at the symptoms and I'm trying to figure out, well, what could be the root cause? Right. Right. Not just a Band-Aid, not just, you know, kind of take away their symptoms, but still have Mm -hmm. problems underneath. But looking, how can we put together a real food plan that's going to help rebalance the body? So maybe a Band-Aid fix would be like put on birth control Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. yeah, something that would regulate out the hormones uh-huh. maybe in a medical model but it's not fixing yeah the underlying root of what's going on that's a great example yeah yep. yeah yep and we know that pms is a hormonal imbalance so right. we have to say what is the real cause of your pms yeah one of the basic explanations that i like to use when i'm working with clients is you know your hormones become unbalanced it's kind of like someone sitting at the bottom of the teeter tot yes and, and- <laughs> We have that imbalance of estrogen to progesterone. So when you have too much estrogen and too little progesterone in your body, that's when your hormones become unbalanced. Exactly. So then the next question, Leah, we have to ask is, and I'm sure you're asking this, is, well, how do we fix this hormonal imbalance? How do we Mm -hmm. get that that uh, estrogen and progesterone yeah. back in balance. Yeah, so, what's causing the mm-hmm, hormonal imbalance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so digging into that, there are many reasons for this hormonal imbalance. You know, here's another statement that may shock many of you. Hormonal imbalances mostly go back to what women are eating, right? Really? That, that, that's probably a new idea for many of our listeners. Right, right. And for the past you know, 50 to 60 years, women have been taught to eat lots of processed carbs, right? Mm-hmm. 
And no fat. Popcorn. Yes. Rice cakes. Right. <laughs> yep. Zero fat. Uh, sugar and processed carbs encourage the production of those toxic type estrogens, which can lead to hormonal problems. A diet high in sugar and processed carbs promotes those hormone imbalances. Right. And you were talking initially about how inflammation contributed Mm -hmm. to poor immune function for you when we started out our show. Um, But inflammation can also promote more of these hormonal imbalances. So that inflammatory effect of soda, of juice, of popcorn. So, of course, there are other lifestyle habits that can cause problems with hormonal imbalances. One would be, you know, an excessive consumption of caffeine or alcohol. Yes. You know, growing up, I didn't really like coffee. Oh, yeah. No surprise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't until I was in college that I was like, hmm, maybe Mm. I need to check this out. Yeah, right. I was, unfortunately, I was at the Apple store trying to get a, a device fixed yesterday And as we were waiting, I was shocked to see the number of young adults, teenagers even, with these, I don't even know the size, but it's probably like 20 to 24 ounces. Yeah, (laughs) grande, Grande. whatever it may be. But talk about caffeine, sugar, right? probably some other bad fats in there. Yeah. a but lot it, of those sugary drinks are really, you know, those young mm-hmm. teenagers just love. And the caffeine levels now that are found in some of your standard uh, store-bought coffees mm-hmm. are su- is excessive. Yeah. High, yeah. high. Yeah. And looking at, you know, maybe once in a while that lifestyle choice may not be a big driver right. of inflammation or hormonal imbalances, but... For some of these teens, this is what they're doing each and every day. Yeah. And no surprise on past shows, Leah, we've talked about how we have an increase in teen anxiety. Yes. An increase in depression. And surprisingly, more of our clients, more of these young women are coming in experiencing some of those PMS symptoms. Right. Right. You know, what are some other factors that could cause hormonal imbalances, you know, certainly ongoing stress, lack of sleep, Mm -hmm. the hormones in dairy products. You know, we talked a little bit about this early on about that connection Mm -hmm. for me. That was one of the foods I cut out for Mm -hmm. reducing my inflammation for asthma. But there's a lot of other things in that dairy that's inflammatory too, like the excess hormones, Mm -hmm. you know, and also from these toxic pesticides that we're all being exposed to now, Mm -hmm. you know, this has all been an, you know, uprise in the last 30 years in our farming, um, that these types of chemicals we use for your conventional farming are known as xenoestrogen, Mm -hmm. you know, meaning that they're, they're a bad or a toxic chemical that can mimic hormone Mm -hmm. in our body. So Mm -hmm. these type of pesticides can lead to more toxic estrogen in -hmm. our bodies, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Well, one of the things, Leah, that that I can talk about is how giving up um, conventional dairy products has helped me to reduce some of what I would consider hormonal acne. Yeah. Things along the jawline, 
you know, kind of that really painful um, kind of flows with my cycle, that sort of thing. But I would say reducing the amount of dairy and really looking at high quality dairy, organic, um, raw cheeses if I can find it, but really prioritizing getting an organic grass-fed butter, organic whipping cream. Yes. Isn't it delicious though too? So delicious. But for me, it's like, okay, where is that inflammation coming from? And that seemed to be a big driver of inflammation for me. Yeah. And what we talk about a lot on the show, when we are going to be consuming dairy products, we want to be consuming the full fat versions of, Mm -hmm. if we're going to drink milk, we want to be drinking full fat milk. If we're Mm -hmm. wanting yogurt, we want to be having full fat yogurt. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when we look at those products, you know, if we're in the conventional world, you know, getting the regular conventional milk, that has a lot of the, the hormones and, mm-hmm. and residues that we're talking about. So the organic versions, they are voided of that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Well, it's break time again. Well, tell yeah. us more. All right. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Have you ever gone to your local big box hardware store to buy a mousetrap and was left with three bags of candy and devoured one bag even before leaving the parking lot? Or while you were at the grocery shopping, you a feast on countless samples? There's always samples, isn't mm-hmm. there, at the grocery store. Knowing full well that the popcorn, the chips, the cakes, the cookies, the pizzas are not on your eating plan. However... You've convinced yourself it's okay because there's such small portions, but then you keep going back for more. Oh yes, sugar and bad fats are everywhere you turn, especially in the grocery stores to promote more sales. We all have habits holding us back. We address those habits and much more in our Nutrition for Weight Loss series. Maybe our fall series is exactly what you need to move forward. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I know when I was a teenager and even in my early 20s, I had no idea what was contributing to health problems. You know, for many women, the lack of information about how their diet and their lifestyle um, is connected to their hormones and their health. Yeah. You know, it's it's sad kind of right (laughs) so i would encourage any of you out there listening share this information from our show with a friend a daughter even a granddaughter or a niece listening to podcasts it's so easy you can spend 45 minutes walking the dog or i often listen to podcasts when i'm doing dishes because it kind of takes me away or 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 if i'm cooking or prepping my Mm -hmm. food i do that for clients too i always say listen to our show Mm-hmm. while you're already working on your goals of prepping your yeah. food for the week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's one way to become well-informed and to lay that base of knowledge about real food and healthy habits. So we've been told our podcasts are life-changing. We hear it and we love to hear it. Yeah, it's really um, So let's build a community of like-minded nutrition listeners here in Minnesota, here in the United States, or throughout the world, really. Yeah. People can go to our website at weightandwellness.com. You can click on podcast. You can even search by topic. It's a really easy way to listen and learn. Yes, it's really great. So before break, we were talking about what are, you know, some other contributing factors that cause hormonal imbalances. We talked about stress and we talked about lack of sleep, 
We mm-hmm. talked about high sugar foods. Yeah. And no fat, low fat eating uh, dairy products. We kind of ended on our conventional dairy products and the toxic hormones and mm-hmm. And pesticides, too. Yeah. So, so Leah, 75% of women with PMS are suffering from headaches, mood swings, bloating, mm-hmm. fatigue, cramps, and other problems that can interfere with their relationships, their work, school life, and in general, kind of enjoying life. Yeah. Right? So these are some PMS symptoms that can occur 10 to 14 days before menstruation and even for three to seven days after their cycle begins. So as women get older and move into their late 30s, maybe, you know, 38, 39, oftentimes they see that these symptoms continue to get worse. Right. If you were struggling or suffering with PMS, let's take a look at your diet. Some of my clients who have PMS start their day off maybe with a bagel and coffee and then they have a muffin and coffee on their break they eat fast food for lunch have chocolate and soda or coffee for an afternoon snack Mm -hmm. and for dinner they eat pizza and either with a soda Mm -hmm. or with beer you know i certainly hope you can clearly see this menu that can lead to pms If you eat these types of foods often and you want to get rid of your PMS symptoms, you will need to change your eating and some of your lifestyle habits. So, Leah, if you have someone who um, is sitting down with you for the first time and, you know, they're starting their day off with a bagel and coffee, you know, maybe they're snacking on a muffin mid-morning or they find themselves wanting pretzels or popcorn for yeah. a snack. You know, in the in the grand scheme of an entire day, how do you motivate them to make these changes? Right. Well, we talk about these correlations that mm-hmm. we are talking about today to bring mm-hmm. light of they're having a lot of cravings and they're having a lot of cravings for sugar and carbs. So how can we get to the root of getting rid of those cravings? Because mm-hmm. that's key in order for them to adhere to uh, eating healthy, balanced yeah. diet, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we set up a meal plan that encourages eating lots of whole, real healthy food. So carbohydrates coming from vegetables and mm-hmm. healthy fruits and maybe, oh, I love like more concentrated vegetables of like root vegetables yeah. and sweet potatoes. Parsnips and are parsnips. My Those are really yeah. good for hormone mm-hmm. balancing. Um, and protein is critical for those carb cravings, right? So yeah. a lot of protein throughout the day and you need that healthy fat. So mm-hmm. butter and those saturated fats are great. Um, coconut oil, yeah. um, bacon fat. Like yeah. these, these are important components for balancing their blood sugar, keeping their cravings stable and they're eating, you know, every few hours yeah. to keep their blood sugar. So when you're working stable. with them, you help them kind of break this all down. You yes. give them a plan, you know, you're, you're not only laying that foundation of, well, this is why we're going to do this, but right. then also helping them put together um, some realistic ideas of what they could eat. Right. For yeah. them, what mm-hmm. works for them. Mm-hmm. And and once you kind of understand these connections, as I've made these connections myself, mm-hmm. it's powerful yeah. um, when you see how you feel better, when you eat a certain when you feel worse, when you mm-hmm. eat another way. Yeah. We say there's no one size fits all plan. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yes. So, you know, looking at all of this, hormone imbalances are really an epidemic, aren't they, these days? While many things can contribute to these imbalances in your sex hormones, the good news is that most women can fix these imbalances without medications. Yeah. These imbalances are not the result of bad genetics or bad luck, right? Mm-hmm. They're due to maybe a buildup over time. This is not one bad meal. This is something of a habit of eating a certain way for a very, mm-hmm. usually a long stretch of yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. And so trying to get to the root of some of these bad habits. So Shelby, mm-hmm. what would be an example of something to focus on to help with reducing PMS symptoms? You know, one of the things that that I would consider a habit that we would want to change is drinking too much alcohol. Yes. What, what does that really mean? What is too much alcohol? Yeah. You know, when I, I, when somebody comes to me and they're having hormonal imbalances and Mm -hmm. I see on their intake um, health history that maybe they're drinking, maybe not excessively, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but every day, you know, Mm -hmm. they'll have their glass of wine or two, at night as a ritual every uh-huh, day. Uh-huh. Um, and I find if you, you know, if you're drinking regularly, let's just say five to seven days out of the week, you're mm-hmm. having some alcohol. That's too much for your liver. Mm-hmm. That's too much processing of and trying to detoxify the alcohol. And it can affect your hormone balance. Mm-hmm. It's not able to do all these other important jobs when it's having to work on detoxing alcohol and and Mm -hmm. also to the blood sugar impact that that may have. Yeah. So I will say, you know, that if if this is something you're going to incorporate in maybe once, maybe twice a week, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe not every week. Yeah. Have Mm -hmm. a glass, you know, of wine um, and a serving is about four ounces of wine. That's the important part. Yeah. (laughs) You know, try to moderate their consumption of alcohol. And I've Mm -hmm. had some good successes with people feeling better, losing weight, better Mm -hmm. hormone balance, better sleep at night. Better sleep is huge. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Less cravings when we reduce the alcohol intake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would be another um, bad habit that you would consider to minimize those hormone imbalances. Well, for one, for sure, if this is at all, you know, I, this would be, a, you know, probably a really number one smoking. If you smoke, mm-hmm. that's a big endocrine disruptor and causing, meaning causing hormonal imbalances, a lot of inflammation. So mm-hmm. cutting out smoking is, is, is critical. And not just inflammation in the lungs, right? right. Inflammation throughout the body with those exactly. toxins. Yeah. yeah. Well, a bad habit number three that I would consider, Leah, would be eating a high sugar processed foods diet. So, you know, we talked, of course, about the bagel, the cereal, the toast. um, Yep. Those sorts of things. Yep. You know, and reflecting back, you know, on my childhood, I would eat cereal every meal if I could. I love cereal. (laughs) You know, high sugar, not realizing this hidden sugar. Okay. Skim milk. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Typical. Even more sugar, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, another one, bad habit number four, I would say I often see with clients that is a contributing factor to hormone uh, regulation is drinking too much caffeine. Uh-huh. So and not just soda, but coffee, coffee, some tea. Energy drinks sometimes, energy especially drinks. for the younger population. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much caffeine definitely can play a role uh, and 
causing hormonal imbalances. So I'll often to, you know, work on goal setting around getting mm-hmm. enough soda, getting enough energy drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and with, if you're really, you know, some people, again, with those PMS symptoms, they have sensitive sleep, you know, yeah. insomnia or poor sleep is part of it. We really try to reduce Fix that. the caffeine intake, mm-hmm. maybe one cup of eight ounce of coffee in the mm-hmm. morning with heavy whipping cream in it. Mm-hmm. And some mm-hmm. people, they need to cut, you know, maybe cut it down to just maybe green tea. Yeah. Yeah. Reduce yeah. that amount of caffeine. Right. Well, you know, when we think about caffeine, we look back at, well, what organ system has to process and detoxify that? And we go back to the liver, the liver. Yeah. Right. The liver and, ca- and especially coffee. You know, if you're going to have coffee and you're having um, hormonal symptoms, organic coffee again, mm-hmm. because it's one of the highest pesticide ridden crops. So, yep. you know, pesticides, if you're doing non-organic coffee mm-hmm. um, and it's I think really it's the second highest sprayed yeah. crop right behind tobacco, if right. I if I remember correctly. So, yeah, pretty, pretty important to be seeking out that organic coffee right. if you are consuming coffee. Yes. So balancing your hormones is a process. It doesn't happen overnight, right? This is, right. It takes some time. Mm-hmm. And if you feel overwhelmed, you know, maybe it, maybe this is the time for you to set aside um, some time for self-care. Setting up an appointment with one of our nutritional weight and wellness nutritionists or dietitian. You know, we can help you not only learn what you know, what is going to influence your hormones, but we're also going to give you some practical tips so you can implement these things, right? You learn a little bit more, you practice a little bit more. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we'll get more into this again after break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We have a great show coming up next week. Cassie and Joanne will be talking about the nutrition connections to brain health. They are addressing issues of attention, focus, and even OCD. Just in time for back to school. Mm -hmm. Check out the Food Connection to ADHD seminar on Saturday, September 29th at our St. Paul Weight and Wellness location. If you have questions about that, you can call the office at 651-699-3438. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have habits that are holding you back from being your real self, I encourage you to sign up for our September Nutrition for Weight Loss series. Start developing some habits that will move you closer to your goals, right? Habits that are going to move you forward. So many people these days fret over their weight, how their clothes fit, but they continue with habits that hold them back from living the life that they want. So, you know, Step into a place that's going to move you forward. Take control of how you feel on a daily basis. One hour a week for 12 weeks is a great place to start. You can call 651-699-3438 to sign up today. Great. Well, Shelby, we have a caller on the line. Maddie, thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question today? Yeah. um, So I had a partial hysterectomy um, about four years ago. I'm 35 years old. And I lost like 25 pounds. I'm six foot and I weigh about 110 pounds. Yeah. And I can't seem to put weight on. Hmm. And I don't know if it has something to do with that or what I can do. I do. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss. <laughs> and no doctor can tell me what I should do. Right. 
So was there, as far give me a, a sense of diet. So what sort of, you know, from our discussion a little bit today, like, of, of, I, I eat a lot of, um, I mean, I, I eat very healthy and Good. I do, um, the high fat or I do whole milk. Good. I do cheese. I do the whole thing. I do a lot of vegetables, uh, chicken, steak, um, but I can't seem to put weight on. And I, it's, my doctor told me it's unhealthy for me to be 110 pounds yeah. at six foot. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I've seen some of this with this big hormonal shifts where there can be a change. Um, one suggestion I would say if it's not been checked is to look at your thyroid. They looked at that. It's fine. Okay. They've done a full panel. They looked at the whole and antibodies too. They looked at your antibodies because sometimes with these. Okay. So that looks all because sometimes people can get a little hyperthyroid after an issue like that. Um, And that is a good thing to rule out. Um, And I would say gut too. So I've had a few clients where things have shifted post uh, that hormonal shift where maybe they yeah. have more of a sensitivity. Maybe it's not showing up for you as a GI symptom. Like digestive. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But where okay. maybe, for example, I've had a couple of clients where they became underweight and they had underlyingly a sensitivity to dairy, for example, and cutting out their that particular food and been working on some good gut healing. They started to gain a normal weight again. Because really what that food sensitivity was doing, it was preventing them from absorbing, absorbing. the nutrients. You know, it sounds like you are eating Healthy. high quality nutrients, but maybe you're oh, yeah. not actually absorbing them. That that would be one thing. And maybe it makes sense for you to sit down with a nutritionist and kind of go through the sleep, the yeah, gut health. That sort of. This is, yeah, because my doctors can't tell me anything. Yeah. They just said, you know, you're just not gaining weight. And, yeah. yeah. I have a client almost like exactly your profile of what you described. And she was running a little hyper with her thyroid. Um, which wasn't clinically diagnosed that way, but um, it's not always the same case, but she had food sensitivities and mm-hmm. she gained healthy weight. You know, we always talk about weight loss, but sometimes people need to gain some weight to be healthy too. And that can be a food contributor as well. Well, so. why don't you, why don't you give our office a call this morning? Um, if you have a pen, it's 651-699-3433. Three eight and and Leah Wetzel sees clients in our Mendota Heights office. You know she would be, you know, someone that I think could could help yeah. you put or together an individual. You too, PN. Shelby. Yeah. I know you could so. help too. So yeah, it's very frustrating. Yeah, really. And I listen to you guys on my way to work on Saturday. Oh, great! I'm glad that you listen. <laughs> I, that's really great. Yeah. So there's a lot to dig in there. I hope we're able to meet and I'll definitely be able to help. So absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for Thank your call. You. Yes. Great. So, you know, I want to, before we end today, just kind of recap some of the food Mm -hmm. correlations that we talked about that Mm -hmm. are helpful for helping rebalance hormones. So really what we talked about is we want to eat real food. Mm -hmm. So real proteins, that means, you know, looking at grass-fed beef Mm -hmm. and chicken and eggs Mm -hmm. and salmon, Mm -hmm. real vegetables. We'll get a little bit more into that, but specifically Mm -hmm. there's certain types of cruciferous vegetables that are Mm -hmm. really helpful Mm -hmm. for rebalancing hormones. So broccoli, Mm -hmm. cauliflower, cabbage, and additionally, I said root vegetables too. You know, your sweet potato, your parsnips, your carrots are helpful for for progesterone and fat. So 
butter and coconut oil mm-hmm. and olive oil. Full fat dairy stuff. Full yep. fat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And many people find it's helpful to concentrate on what they can eat. Yes. Right. What can we concentrate in terms of real foods that are going to help support the detoxification of those harmful estrogens, but also bring in some good quality nutrients for hormonal health? Exactly. Yes. So could you substitute vegetables for breads and pasta? Mm-hmm. So cruciferous vegetables such as cabbage and broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts are the best for detoxifying estrogen. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites is cauliflower rice. It's been a staple in our house it's lately. It's so yummy. Yeah, it's great. It's healthy. It's low carbohydrate and it's a great replacement for rice. Um, we'll do that a lot, you know, mm-hmm. in replacement um, when we have dish, for example, taco night, I'll do mm-hmm. cauliflower rice instead of regular rice. I always like to tell people cauliflower rice is so easy because you can get it in the freezer section yes. already, you know, riced up. I get it at Costco or mm-hmm. you can get it at Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I hate to admit this, but Tyler, the first time you had cauliflower rice, he didn't even know it. Oh, yeah. I did half white rice. I did half cauliflower rice. He didn't know it. Yep. And he doesn't like cauliflower. And he said, you know, I would be able to tell if it was in there. And I said, okay, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because he's eating cauliflower and doesn't know it. Right. <laughs> Getting some of those benefits. Yeah, I do so. that for my kids, too. Mm-hmm. I mix it with hash browns. Mm-hmm. I'll mix it in soups. Mm-hmm. Um, anywhere where I think there needs a little bit more support with vegetables, I'll yeah. sneak it in there. Nobody yeah. knows. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, and when we think about the cruciferous vegetables, like you said, the broccoli, the kale, yeah. the cauliflower, you know, that sort of stuff is helping detoxify estrogen in the liver. It, yeah. it, it contains a compound that helps the liver to remove those um, pesticides, the excess yeah. um, harmful hormones and eliminate them from the body. And I would say, too, when we're working with women and men, too, that have excess estrogen in their system, I will set goals of, okay, so Mm -hmm. for vegetables, you know, you're consuming two cups a day. Mm -hmm. So how can we evolve this to more? You know, in in some cases, people love vegetables. I would say Mm -hmm. a really great support in the diet Mm -hmm. would be seven to nine cups of cruciferous. Yeah, that would be, you know, one of my favorites would be doing Brussels sprouts or, you know, having that broccoli cauliflower mix. Right. You know, Leah, what do you do if um, someone's not a big vegetable lover? Do you, I often recommend the powdered fruits and greens. I think they're called dynamic fruits and greens. Right. They're really great at helping to detoxify because they're just packed with really um, vegetable and Yeah, like 20 servings per scoop. Yeah. Or so, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's good for, yes, for all of what we're talking about mm-hmm. as a start point. And I, like I you know, said with my own story, I didn't grow up loving vegetables. I ate all just processed sugar carbohydrates that mm-hmm. we talked about that lead to hormonal mm-hmm. disruption. And now you're a veggie queen. I do. I love them. And so <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey. It's a process. So mm-hmm. even though you say, oh, I hate Brussels sprouts. Well, OK, I, I did, too. Maybe what you consider to do is try them again as an adult if you didn't mm-hmm. like them as a kid and add fat to them. Roast them in the oven with some fat, bacon, bacon, oh, fat. <laughs> bacon and Brussels sprouts are a marriage. Yes. Aren't they like they go together. <laughs> so, there, you know, as an adult, I've really evolved to loving vegetables. And mm-hmm. if you're at one cup a day, 
you start for two mm-hmm. and you just make that a habit. And so then- Leah, let's, let's kind of take that Brussels sprout and say, you know, you could serve that with a steak or yeah. some salmon, maybe have some sweet potato with a little butter on there. That yes. would be a really great dinner for balancing hormones. Oh, it would be. Yep. Yep. And you could even, again, like these are, that is a, something I could have for breakfast too. Mm-hmm. Or lunch, mm-hmm. you know, often I'll make twice as much as I need for dinner. So I have yeah. my lunch the next day. Mm-hmm. Any time of the day that what you describe would be a really great <laughs> meal. Well, you know, our goals at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life changing. I want to thank all of you today for listening and I want to thank you too Shelby for being on the show today and I hope everybody has a great weekend thank you